Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater, or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On this episode, I'm talking about the newest M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Door, I'm sorry, Knock at the Cabin, uh, came out this year, 2023, early this year, I think. Uh, a movie that I was looking forward to, I will forever and always give M. Night Shyamalan a chance, despite the fact he has made some of the best movies but he's also made some of the worst movies uh but i think that since he has come back with the visit and producing his own stuff i think for the most part they've been good i was not a fan of old which is his last movie that came out previously uh to this film did not like it at all there are aspects of it that i found interesting but i didn't didn't like the performances, didn't like the end, uh, but I was still excited to see this. I'm also a big fan of Batista, so excited for the cast, excited for, you know, all of it, interested, excited. So when I saw this came up on, came out, released on Peacock, I made a last minute, I literally last night before recording this. Uh, made a decision to change the movie I was going to review uh, for Friday to this uh, because I wanted to watch it and I didn't want to have to wait to next week to review it. So I am reviewing the newest movie from M. Night Shyamalan, not only directed but co-written. The first movie, I believe, that he has co-written with somebody. Everything else has been written by him, which I think is, I believe, is his Achilles heel, is his writing. Um but this movie is co-written with uh, Steve Desmond, uh, Michael Sherman, and Paul uh, Trim Trimblay. With uh, Paul Trimblay wrote the book that this is based on. So it's also adapted from a book, which I think is also good. So there's, as far as the story and the writing of this movie, it has other hands on it than just M. Night Shyamalan. But the visuals, the directing, the storytelling of it, this is where I believe M. Night Shyamalan shines. Uh, and I think it shines completely through in this movie where I just, I, I love watching an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, and it's definitely, like, if you watch The Happening, you can, or even watch Old, the writing is like bad. I mean, some of the performances are bad. Usually he gets great performances out of people. Anyway. So this movie, I believe the first time he's collaborated in the writing process with anybody. Uh, this movie stars a very small cast as a lot of his more recent movies that he's producing on his own that he's bankrolling himself are. This stars Dave Bautista, as I said, uh, Jonathan Groff, Groff, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Amuka Bird, uh, Rupert Grint from the, uh, the Harry Potter franchise, Abby Quinn, and... Uh, Kristen Chiu, or Siu, don't know how to pronounce that last name. Uh, the plot summary of this movie, while vacationing, 
A girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert to avert the apocalypse. I didn't even read the plot summary before I watched this movie. I just know I wanted to watch this movie. I didn't know what it was about. I had no idea. Just kind of seen the poster. Uh, you know, I know that Batista was in it, which I think out of the professional, quote unquote, professional wrestlers to become actors, he is by far the best actor out of the bunch. I think the most overrated of that crew is The Rock. Uh but uh, regardless of that, happy to see Batista. Amazing performance from him. I loved this movie. It's not even rated that well. On IMDb, it's, it's 6.1 out of 10, which the IMDb ratings are usually pretty wonky. But even, I think, the, the Rotten Tomatoes scores on it weren't the greatest either. Uh, which, not surprising. This is a thriller. It's labeled as a horror uh, but I would definitely say it's more of a thriller slash mystery, as most Shyamalan movies are. There's always a large element of his movies are a mystery, which is why he kind of got labeled as the twist guy. I wouldn't say this movie has a twist, but there is there are revelations that come about through the course of this film uh, that only add to the viewer's knowledge of really what's going on, which I appreciated that. I really liked the pacing and how everything got rolled out and laid out throughout the course of this film. I really enjoyed this movie so much better than old, right? This is probably my favorite movie of his since these movies. Like I really liked the visit as well. I think that I enjoyed this more than the visit. I think the visit is solid as well. A really fun kind of a found footage type of a film as well. Um, Probably one of my favorites of I, I wouldn't say this is at the level of his early success, like Sixth Sense, uh, The Village. I really like some people don't like Signs. I really like that. Uh, Unbreakable. I, I would say I mean, I would actually say I like this more than Unbreakable. But like I think the Sixth Sense is like his masterpiece. Sadly, that that's the one that he uh, not his first film, but the first film he made that really knocked it out of the park. Um but I, yeah, this is a great, and I think the reason I like this more is because it wasn't just M. Night Shyamalan writing the movie. Um, so, but the directing in this is amazing, right? It, he's definitely on his game when it comes to directing, and uh, definitely one of the better movies from him, especially recently. Um, so this movie, I'll get into spoilers later, and I want to be delicate not to spoil anything, try not to spoil anything, but I will get to spoilers because I do like what this movie does. And spoilers specifically with M. Night Shyamalan can really change the experience. And, uh, you know, you know, not knowing that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time is a, a big issue. You know, is something even the end of Split, the very end of Split, how that ends revealing that it's like part of this universe of films is was like amazing to find and, and realize for the first time. Um, so I'm going to try and avoid spoilers, but I will get to them eventually. Uh, just such a good director, like all the way all these shots are framed. Like I just I watching this movie. Right. Knowing that it's a horror film, thriller, whatever, low budget, like there's always the the fact that 
you know, you're going to have like a lot of standard types of shots. But with M. Night Shyamalan, you get super interest. Every shot of this movie is so interestingly framed. The way the camera moves, like there's so much intent and purpose of why the camera does and frames certain things and events in this movie the way it does. So I absolutely love that. Right. So good at building tension. So many of these scenes are just like nail biting just because he intentionally doesn't show. Right. That that idea of not showing, which I think the horror film Skinnamarink takes to its maximum where it almost shows nothing. Right. But the way M. Night Shyamalan's able to do that with like focusing on a character and how a character is acting in a moment and everything else is either off camera or blurred out in the background not really seeing the details of what's happening allows so much of that to go in your head which i i absolutely amazing the dialogue and the acting are far more natural than some of his other movies i mean old specifically is a movie where a lot of the dialogue and even the performances are very robotic and bland and like lifeless and there's definitely other movies where that dialogue, where he has that kind of lifeless aspect to his dialogue. And I just don't think he, I don't know what that would be, right? I it, I don't feel like maybe he, his focus when creating a movie is so much of putting that life into the dialogue. He, like, he, he doesn't mind it being stylized in that way because maybe he's focused more on the visuals or how he's going to tell the story visually. Uh, but either way, and I, I would credit the the life and the natural aspects of the dialogue, I would I would put that, give credit to the co-writers that were with him. And possibly also that this is based on a book, so I'm sh- probably a lot of the dialogue and things people say is lifted from the book. So I, th- I, I enjoy that that, those things positively influenced M. Night Shyamalan's film in this instance. Uh, very intense film, right? Great performance. He always get he always has the potential to get great performances, especially from kids. I mean, you look at The Sixth Sense. The, the performance he gets from Haley Joel Osment, even in uh, Signs, he's able to get amazing performances from these like young actors. And it's like so that was like such a big aspect of his ability was to get these amazing performances out of like young actors who it's very difficult to get good performances from. And this one, it's amazing. The The actress that plays uh, we I think her name is I should probably put the credits up here way. I think it's way when sorry when. Uh, the girl that plays Wen, who is Kristen Sue, C U I, amazing performance, and she's like she's like six. I don't know. She's super young, but amazing, great from start to finish. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about, are you a fan of art, movies, and all things entertainment? Then you need to check out youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Our page is jam-packed with all kinds of great content, including making of videos of the many faces and ongoing art series of abstract ink paintings. But that's not all. We also feature daily episodes from the Ray Taylor Show, a podcast that brings you movie reviews, TV show reviews, episode recaps, opinion 
opinions on news and entertainment and much more. There's also a weekly diary and top five movie rankings of a variety of categories. And if that wasn't enough, we've also got how-to videos covering all kinds of topics. So why wait? Head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and start exploring the amazing content we have to offer. And now back to the show. And he's always been great at getting amazing performances from kids, as I said, signed. Oh, and The Visit. The Visit's kind of cheesy, but still, like, it is a movie that is carried by the two kids. And I think, and having to do kind of that that found footage type of acting and performances, I think out of those types of movie, that subgenre of found footage movies, I think M. Night Shyamalan really stood out as being a very unique type of a voice in that subgenre, which I appreciated. I, I really liked that movie. Um, and as this movie went on, I thought I was, I thought I was poking holes. Like I was like, Oh, the writing's not that good. It's like, there's, there's issues I have with the events that are happening. But then right after, like literally taking the notes on my phone, it's like, I think there's like, I'm like poking holes in like the events that are happening and they don't really make sense. The time frames from which an event happens by the time they get to this certain point and what they're seeing and viewing the, the re repercussions of those events. Like it wasn't lining up, but then the character, one of the characters in this movie also pointed that out and it became one of the things that constantly made you unsure of what the reality is of what we're watching like it are these people that are there honest about what they're trying to do or is that what they've they believe they're doing right and knowing what the truth is like throughout this movie you're kind of like back and forth like i don't i don't think they are like these are reasons why it could be fake and then that 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 actor who I think is kind of the person I was always on the same page with through the entire movie starts to do that. And that just made me like the movie more. Like when a movie is able to call out something that I'm thinking as a way, like it's part of the, it's like, this is by design that these things are ambiguous or could potentially be wrong or misleading. I actually love that. So you're constantly questioning, like, what's real? Is their mission correct or not? What is the right choice? Like, these people are having to make a choice, and their struggle of what the right choice is is constantly in question as, like, crazy things are happening, which I'll get to all this in spoilers. And like I said, there's a character that, uh, that has, like, the clarity to ask all these questions that I had as well, right? And I wouldn't say this is a movie that ends with a twist, right? It's I, I said this before. This is definitely a movie where there's obviously a lot of questions. You don't know what's real. And slowly throughout this movie, you, you're, you're slowly discovering truths. And you're discovering what's real and what's true. And it's slowly given as the movie comes through. And by the end... There's no real question as to what's real and what's not, right? That ambiguity of what the 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 intentions are of these people and everything that's happening gets answered, which I enjoy. It like it 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 ties everything together in a way that I felt was was 
satisfying, which isn't a twist necessarily, as opposed to a lot of his movies. I think it's just more of it. It it successfully ties everything together. Uh, Batista, such a good actor. Like this is probably his best performance. I think that he's been in. I don't know how many. I don't know if I've seen all of his movies. It feels like I have, and I would say by far his best uh, performance and by far the best quote-unquote professional wrestler. I guess they could say they are professionals, but they don't really wrestle. You know, It's uh, professional fight acting uh, to go into film. I think he's by far the best of those uh, actors. Uh, the Girl Who Plays When, also amazing. And I, I loved the casting in general of all of the different characters. There's there's such a variety of difference between all of them that I really appreciate, you know? Like, there's people complain about, oh, like, divert, they, people, anybody that complains about diversity is insane. But the advantage of having a diverse cast is that you can get such interesting and different characters, which makes anything better. The worst thing you can do, unless you're intentionally trying to do it, is to have a bunch of characters that look and act the same. Which there are so many movies, TV shows, where it's just like generic, attractive people of a certain age that all kind of look and dress and act the same or in a film, and it's, like, so hard to distinguish who is who, right? Versus this, each character is so specific and different. I appreciated that, right? Good range of, of characters and casting. Um, and like I said, I wouldn't necessarily label this. If I was putting this on a shelf in a video store, I wouldn't put it in the horror section. I, I think it's far more of a thriller Definitely there's like horrific kind of things that happen, but I would say the thriller aspect of it is far more the front runner, the far more the genre and mystery, the two kind of genres. But I would say thriller first, mystery, and then I guess horror, right? But most of this is tension. Like this movie shows that M. Night Shyamalan knows how to elevate tension and bring tension. So I really appreciate that. Um, so despite M. Night Shyamalan writing and directing some epic films in the past, specifically earlier in his career, right? it really seems like his more recent films, the writing isn't ne necessary. Like I think the writing for his films, I think kind of took a, a, a nosedive around Lady in the Water. And went way lower than that with like the uh airbender movie which is the studio didn't do him any favors with that movie the the will smith f vehicle the movie that will smith brought to m night Shyamalan and wanted to act with his kid in and then will smith gave probably one of the worst performances i've ever seen any actor give in anything it is the most nothing performance will smith gives in that movie after earth right so really hitting the bottom of the barrel with those movies and then getting better with the visit another nosedive big time with old it's very it's definitely stylized in a way but style it's almost like um yorgos lanthimos 
like the dry, stiff type of robotic, monotone type of performances that Yorgos Lanthimos films have, like The Lobster or Killing of a Sacred Deer, which this movie, very, there's similarities between this movie and that. Uh, but I like it, and Yorgos Lanthimos is able to pull it off in a way that I don't think Shyamalan is. So thankfully, the writing in this one, by far the best I've seen since his early work. So, and I just think his, if he gets a good, writ, well-written script, right, whether it's him, which I don't think he's, I don't think he puts the energy into his scripts as he does in the directing. If he works with writers and collaborates with writers in the future and then just films them in his, I think that's, I think that's the magical combination for his films. Cause I think this one so much fun, so good, unstoppable, right? He knows how to tell a story visually. Like he's such a good visual storyteller, but I think his, his biggest weakness is writing. So I want to get to spoilers. I've said as much as I could without spoiling this, but I want to talk about spoilers. I want to talk about specifics, my thoughts on this movie. So from here on out, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend watching this movie. I would recommend not being spoiled. So if you have not watched that, I would recommend stopping this podcast, going over to Peacock, watching this movie, and then coming back to see if we agree on our thoughts on this movie. So spoilers. Uh, th- when this movie starts, you have the you have Wen capturing crickets in this giant glass jar to like observe them. And I thought this movie was that was like setting up what the idea of this movie was going to be. I thought like these people were going to be trapped in this cabin and they were going to be observed. Like they are going to be tested with these events these things and based on how they react to these things they're like it's it's like the bigger story is that they were being experimented on by aliens government whatever it is right which i guess would be similar to old which i did not like but this i I thought that's kind of what the crickets being captured were kind of and i think they're probably similarities to there is something to tie between the crickets being captured and this, this family kind of being captured in their cabin and forced to make decisions, but wasn't what I thought it was going to be necessarily. Uh, absolutely terrifying when Batista, who plays Leonard, uh, introduces himself to Wen, and you ha- the the massive size differences between this gigantic monster of a man in Batista and this tiny little girl named Wen, even when they shake hands, it is like, like it's, it's so unnerving. And each time between their conversation, the camera gets more and more at a, like a Dutch angle, really like, I was just like, Oh, this is going to go bad in a bad way. Right. I was expecting the worst things to happen. Thankfully, they don't in that moment, but definitely a scene where I'm like, okay, this is I'm already feeling like nervous and tension and like, let's do this. Hopefully I like I'm trusting you. We're going on this ride. Let's see where this goes. Um, And they they do this like 
intro where they like stand up and present themselves telling each other who they are and the idea that they have to stop an apocalypse right right and when there's this one of the few hilarious moments in this movie is when they tell these people right you have a gay couple and their adopted daughter the dudes are tied up and these people that are there that tied them up this group of people four people are introducing themselves and telling them the purpose for them being there that they are there to stop the apocalypse and the one guy who just got a concussion says you are having a psychological break of some kind i laughed so hard <laughs> the way he delivers that line the fact that he's out of it because he just got a concussion and the fact that that's a very honest and accurate reaction to what those people just told it's like you guys are out of your mind like this is what you're doing that you're gonna you we have to you we have to decide which is very much like killing of a sacred deer you have to sacrifice somebody in order to uh release the curse from your family prevent the apocalypse like very similar types obviously handled in a very different way in killing of a sacred deer very different right there's nobody standing with a bag over the head spinning in a circle with a, a rifle in hand like uh in killing of a sacred deer but very similar ideas where you have to choose somebody and that you love to kill to sacrifice in order to prevent this horrible thing from happening so I, f I found that interesting, that comparison to Killing a Sacred Deer, which I just recently watched, and also the comparison between how M. Night Shyamalan likes to write his dialogue in most other movies, specifically Old stands out, probably because I watched it more recently, how really flat and robotic that dialogue was and performances were, and how similar that is to Yorgos Lanthimos films, who directed, wrote and directed Killing of a Sacred Deer, except for I think Yorgos pulls it off better. But very interesting setup, right? Plenty of questions like, is this true? Are they crazy? Right? You have the one guy pointing that out that like this is insane. Like this, you're not making sense. Like these things could be fabricated, right? You guys could have been hoodwinked or whatever. But it lays out kind of just what you need to know, right? Just kind of the basics. And I love that we get more info as things happen, right? As they continue to say no, as they refuse to choose somebody to sacrifice and seeing what, what happens next and where things go. Um, they all have the same vision, which is like an interesting thing, but also, you know, f plainly described what that could be by that guy. Like you have... Uh, a mutual psychosis like you're all envisioning the same thing because you all read the like it, it, the way he like explains how they could be bullshit i was so on board with like i was like yes that's what i was thinking let's take a quick break from this episode because i want to talk about are you looking to add some unique and expressive artwork to your home office or wardrobe look no further than the many faces series by ray taylor that's me. These abstract paintings on paper explore the endless possibilities of the human face, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Now you can bring these stunning and thought-provoking pieces into your own space with high-quality prints and t-shirts. 
featuring designs from the Many Faces series. Or take home a one-of-a-kind original piece for your collection. Don't miss out on this opportunity to add some original and expressive artwork to your home, office, or wardrobe. Head on over to InspiredDisorder.com to browse and purchase original artworks, prints, and t-shirts from the Many Faces series today. And now, back to the show! And it's interesting how they are more nervous about introducing themselves than they were about executing Rupert Grint's character, right? Like when they don't decide and you see that what happens when they don't decide is that one of the four people that's keeping them captive gets got. They seem very calm and methodical when they have to take their own out versus just like getting up and introducing who they are. And they all have very crazy weapons. Like, they're all modified in some way, which is interesting, right? There's clearly some thought that went into their their weapons. Is this, have they gone to other people's houses? It doesn't seem like they did. Like, it's very interesting how they prepared. Like, there are interesting details in this movie that are like, there's still kind of some questions where it's like, man, I wish I knew more of how this all started. Of course, in every M. Night Shyamalan movie, you have a cameo, and he's uh, on this air fryer infomercial before the news cuts on, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and the news broadcasts play a big part. Like, when you start seeing, it's like, okay, and even the first few, it's like, well, but that could be bullshit, too. Like, even they say, it's like, oh, that happened four hours ago. The news isn't very fast, especially when they're talking about the virus and people dying of the virus and places getting locked down. It's like we live through a pandemic. We know how slow everything goes. They would wait forever to shut things down. Right. So that kind of time discrepancy. But then when it's brought up by the the one actor or that one character is like, yes, I agree. Right. And then you, you like the news, like you see the uh, tsunami, you see the uh, the virus killing people. Then you see planes falling out of the sky. It's like, OK, well, that's that's weird. <laughs> like, that's the point where it's like, oh, shit, maybe this is real. You still don't know for sure. Right. That could be like, oh, somebody hacked the thing. There could be some terrorist attack or whatever. But right. It's it's a moment where it's like, oh, maybe this is real. And then even when Leonard says the words before the news broadcaster does, right? He's seen it so many times in his vision. He knows exactly what she's going to say. It's like you get this clarification through this simple means of these news broadcasts that at first aren't, aren't enough to make me buy in. And then throughout the course of the movie, buy in more and more to where it's just like by the end, you're like, holy shit, that is insane, right? And throughout the whole movie, I was on the same page as Andrew, right? He's like, they were all pretty clear-headed, but even when he was poking holes, it's like, but yeah, you're checking your watch. You probably knew, like, the the you're timing all of these things because you knew this was going to happen. When he recognized the Rupert Grint's character, he's like, that was the guy that attacked me in the bar. It's like, so this is all organized by you getting back at me because I put him in prison, Right. And it like kind of justifies the idea that what they're trying to do could be completely wrong. And it's so easy to believe that because what they're th saying is wackadoo, 
But then as it's slowly uncovered that it's real. And even him, like, so much on the same page to where the moment where he finally switches is when his partner tells him, you know, that his mind is clear, right? Right? Up until when Eric tells him, that he's got peace of mind, right? And he wants to die with happy thoughts in his head, right? With happy thoughts of his daughter, right? And he's okay to be the one that gets sacked. Like, that is the moment where I'm, again, right on the same page as Andrew, where Andrew's realizing is like, oh, this is all making sense. That is, you're probably right. That would be like everything's like tragic, but it's also like, okay, like everything I was like at no point was like, wait a minute. Right. What 100 percent all all right there with it. And even the very end, right, where they're in the car, Andrew and and Wen are in the car and their song comes on the radio. The one like we're getting flashbacks through this. So we get to know this couple. We see their love for each other and we see why they're so dedicated to letting the world burn in order for them to survive together. And when their song comes on the radio and there's no dialogue, but to see that back and forth between them turning it on and turning off. Just one of those many examples why M. Night Shyamalan is such a good director. Because in that moment, despite there being very little going on, there is so much going on emotionally where the desire to not listen to the song that brings up these memories of a person that's no longer there and how that back and forth, that, that kind of emotional volleyball gets passed back and forth to where they get to a point where it's like, no, we should appreciate and we should we should join in on the happy memories that he left with and we should have those as well we should have a good feeling about what he did and what we did for humanity right amazing moment uh and i would think like redman like they all give like these pitches before they end up getting sacrificed and like you would think the one kind of issue i have is that you think they would really try and sell these people on this idea more, knowing that they are going to be executed if they decide to not do it, right? And you do kind of see that with Adrian, where she kind of tries harder, tries to sympathize, but that would be the only thing. Like, I would imagine they would be, like, laying out backstories. They're, like, trying to convince these people in every way possible that their visions are true, like... But I think the way it's paced and handled, I think it works. Um, and watching this, I'm like, well, if they're just going to kill each other every time you say no, then just say no every time. Because eventually they're just going to kill. And that's what happens. But, you know, you, you just don't know what they're going to do because they, they do seem like they're crazy and they could do. I mean, they're killing each other. It's like they're doing crazy things. And like I said, the flashbacks, right, shows the bond, shows the love that these two men had for each other, shows the love and what they went through dealing with parents, dealing with uh, trying to adopt their child, dealing with all these things. Which the sad aspect of this movie is that when and winding up with Andrew, 
could potentially mean that she could be deported because he wasn't the one who adopted her. Just thinking the reality of how messed up our system is in this country and how racist our system is in this country. Like all I could th- I-, I could think is like, well, hopefully they get some kind of pass because they saved humanity. Um, but anyway, flashbacks are kind of great, right? You getting where the meet his parents, they meet Andrew's parents who drove seven hours to just spend 45 minutes of this like very uncomfortable kind of meeting. Uh, you get to see them when they adopted uh, her and pretending not to be gay in order to get this adoption to go through, seeing them on their road trip to the cabin, singing together this song that comes back at the end, right? They're, they're saying of always together, right? This this bond that they have makes so much sense and like is so believable and so justified why they would continue to say no. And them giving their list of why they shouldn't adopt, why they wouldn't be good parents. The, the time where they were at the bar where he got attacked by Rupert Grint's character, Redmond. Which obviously makes that moment, makes their decisions to say no, makes their decision at the very end so much more powerful to make that decision, to make that choice, to end this bond that they were so strongly connected to each other, Right. I was super excited to watch this movie, right? I've been a fan of M. Night Shyamalan from the start. I will always give him a chance, even though there have been so many bad movies that have been like, but I think he's on a good trajectory. Despite old kind of being a speed bump, uh, I think this is a great movie, right? Right. He knows like I hope that he does more collaborations when it comes to writing the scripts or taking on scripts that maybe he didn't write. Uh, I would love that as well because he knows how to get good performances. He knows how to direct. Right. He's one of the best when he's on his game. And the story was super interesting and and new, you know, and uh, I think it delivered on the tension. Right. The reveal of the truth was very satisfying. Right. And I'm excited to see whatever he does next. Uh, super enjoyed this movie knock at the cabin uh, so great and I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode of the Ray Taylor show I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on knock at the cabin that is the name of it right knock at the cabin don't forget to tune in every Monday Wednesday and Friday for new TV show and movie reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube if you're watching this at youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Until next time, enjoy the show. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.